0: Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls. (laughs) We're a year old podcast. You don't even know how to do the intro. No, we don't.
1: We're good. We're still learning. (laughs) Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, a year old podcast. One whole
0: year. Dude, we did it. We did we it. We made it happen. We're here now. We, we've we arrived. We've arrived, man. And you might not think that's a big deal, everybody listening, going, what the heck, it's just a year. But most podcasts don't get past, like, what, three or four or five episodes or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think people get pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, you got that quick start, you got that fire in your belly. You do a few episodes, and you're like, wow, that's a lot of work. I don't, I don't want to keep doing that. So... <laughs> But for us, this is kind of a, you know, it's a year-end episode. It's a celebration of of our our fortitude, and I know that, you know, we're kind of bragging, but um, it's been difficult, and so we, we want to kind of look back over some of the highlights of our year of podcasting, some of the episodes, we're play some clips, talk about them. But first, we got some new patrons.
0: We got to thank them. Yeah. Yeah, this is like that. This is gonna be that episode, like when you're 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 watching like Growing Pains or your favorite episode, and they like did the recap episode, and you're like, oh, it's not a new episode. Back before you knew (laughs) if they were gonna play the new episode or not, you know what I'm right, right? You couldn't read the description. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kyle Johnson, welcome to the team, man. Thanks for your pledge on Christmas Day. Wow, nonetheless, so what a gift, pretty awesome. And uh, Dina Milstead. Up her pledge. So, hey, we'll, we'll read your name again. Thank you for Any, all your
1: support, guys. Anytime our patrons up their pledges, we, we, we say thank you again. Just a heads up yeah. to all of our current patrons. Dina, we know personally, she watches our kids and, and has always been supportive of um, the classic crime and our lives. And uh, she actually came on tour with Vocal Few and, and watched the kids while we played our living room shows for a couple of weeks.
0: Wow, so you should be paying her. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great supporter. Thanks, Dina.
2: Yeah,
0: we're going to split this email up because that's what we do. My name is Cameron. I'm from the Bible Belt, good old East Tennessee. Yeah. Kingsport, to be exact. Uh, this, uh, this past episode of yours, the Charlie Brown episode, uh, really spoke to me, especially since uh, you all have a different approach to Christianity than literally 99% of people out there. We're not saying we're right either. <laughs> oh no, 90% 99% of people who live in my area. Like, if I had a different approach
1: to global warming than 99% of scientists, I wouldn't feel too
0: confident. But, anyways, yeah, go on. No, I see. I, I, I misread that. That part of the country. <laughs> That right would right. make it make more sense. Right. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I don't think we do. We're not, that, we're not that crazy. I'm 19 years old, so I'm part of the generation that the older generation seem to like hate on right? and say that we're terrible and this whole world is going to shit. Oh, no, I said shit. Cameron. Welcome to East Tennessee. <laughs> but uh, you all really spoke to me at the end of the episode where you talk about Paul, including people into our beliefs, and uh, just including and loving people. Including people that no one had ever believed was right to include. Welcoming people that eat forbidden meat and relating it to this whole LGBTQ issue in America between evangelicals and the rest of America.
1: I just wanted to say thank you guys for saying what you said on the podcast. Even if it may take some words from the other side, it's okay. You guys really spoke to how I believe. I just couldn't explain it before. I've been listening to Bad Christian podcasts, The Liturgists, Depolarize, and other podcasts on the Jabberjaw Network or in that genre of podcasts for around a year, and you guys are the first ones to hit the nail on the head. I just needed to get what I believe written out to make sense of it all. Thanks, you guys, for all you do sincerely, Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. That's really encouraging. Those are
0: the emails that keep us going. It mm. really is. They are or a- they really are. <laughs> Lots of good podcasts in that list too, so we're yeah. thankful for Yeah, those are high caliber. And we are not high caliber, even though we try to be medium caliber. We're chill caliber. Thanks, Cameron.
3: You <laughs> Thank can email you.
0: us at don't email the trolls at gmail.com.
1: It's the new year, a time that many people around the world stop and take inventory of their lives, reflecting on the previous 12 months and pledging to make the next 12 months count. So in that spirit, we want to reflect on the year we had, um, both personally and as a podcast. Uh, 2016 was a big year, weird year for a lot of people. Um, you've seen people blowing up on Facebook about all the deaths we had with celebrities and kind of the political Um. situation, but there's been some great stuff. Both Nate and I welcomed new life into the world with the birth of our sons. We both put out records, like made music for our bands Sherwood and Vocal Few. Nate, you moved out of the city and immersed yourself in homesteading out there on the farm in the prairie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we both went on tour for weeks on end, so I mean it was a pretty busy, busy year.
0: Damn! Did you just, did you just read that list and not even think about all that stuff that we just did this year? I crazy. did. I, it's it's a lot, you know. And it's it's
1: and that's the fun part about uh, the year's end is kind of looking back and you know people do their top ten lists, but I like to think about the experiences we had and and kind of take taking it into account how much was done. You know, when we just hustled and starved our trolls and went for it. And we still got through it. Throughout all of that, throughout me being immersed in making music in the studio, we managed to start and keyword maintain a weekly podcast. Every week in 2016, we prepped, recorded, edited, Nate produced beautifully, and we released an episode totaling 54 podcast episodes and about six more bonus episodes for our patrons. So we, wow. we hustled, man. When you look back at the stack of, of content and conversations we've recorded, it's kind
0: of heartwarming. So yes, yeah, man. we're proud of ourselves. Aren't you proud of yourself? And that's <laughs> what this episode's about. But we mostly want to thank you guys for tuning in because every podcaster out there checks and sees, hell, are people listening to this crap that we're talking about? <laughs> and you guys consistently tune in. And listen to our podcast. Without your emails, tweets, comments, and all that good stuff, we would have lost steam a long time ago. Yeah, because podcasting doesn't currently pay anyone's bills who podcasts, except maybe like what the top one percent, something like that. Yeah, we you guys have played our episodes
1: 165,000 times this year, so wow. we're we're grateful that you've uh, downloaded and listened and shared and streamed and all the things that you do, um, because you know honestly we couldn't do it without you. I know everyone says that, but it's really true. Yeah.
0: And I think 2000, 2017, we've got some plans pushing out bigger guests, more content, maybe even partnering with a company or two.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things on the table, but I think we've, I think we're ready to kind of expand it. So thank you to all of our patrons and, and people who support us. We have 78 patrons pledging 523 per month of support. Wow. Um, and so we're just grateful that you guys continue to see our podcast as valuable and to respond
0: with pledging monthly support to us. And if you call in right now, <laughs> you'll not only get a year's subscription for Don't Feed the Trolls. You get all the this bonus. shiny new
1: T-shirt that I have that says Don't Feed the Trolls on it. <laughs> we should make T-shirts. We haven't done that yet.
0: We'd sell like five of them, but... Five T-shirts sold. No, but uh, but this is more of a like... Let's look back on the year. If you tuned into our podcast recently, sometimes it's hard to go back and listen to all the old content. You know what I mean? You kind of listen to a few episodes, but then you kind of keep, you just kind of go forward. Yes. Let's go to episode eight The Secret to Success. This is one of our bigger episodes. The Secret to Success. Let's play a clip did you read that zenpencils.com he did a little thing about success I just a little comic strip oh yeah 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 I have it pulled up here and I want to read it because I think it's just phenomenal it says creating a life that reflects your values and satisfies your soul is a rare achievement and he shows this guy who's this advertising guy making jeep commercials at his global advertising and he's sitting at a desk and then it shows a bunch of guys with suits on you know bumping beer bottles together and he says in a culture that relentlessly promotes avarice and excess as the good life huh. and then it goes on it says a person happy doing his own work is usually considered an eccentric if not subversive right a lunatic. and then he gives up <laughs> and then he he puts in his letter of uh, resignation and he says ambition is only understood if it's to rise to the top of some imaginary ladder of success Someone who takes an undemanding job because it affords him time to pursue other interests and activities is considered a flake. Right. And it shows him with his wife, and she's pregnant, and he's building these models. Hmm. And it says a person who abandons a career in order to stay home and raise children is considered not to be living up to his or her potential. Jeez, yeah. As if a job title and salary are the only sole measure of human worth. Hmm. And you'll be told in a hundred different ways from some subtle and not so subtle to keep climbing. And it shows his old boss coming in and handing him a business card. And it says, And never be satisfied with where you are and who you are and doing what you're doing. There are a million ways to sell yourself out. Hmm. And I guarantee you'll hear about them. Tears up the business card from his old boss and takes his daughter up a hill in in the uh, ever uh, popular wagon. But he says, To invent your own life's meaning is not easy, but it's still allowed. And I think you'll be a happier person for the trouble, Bill Waterson.
1: That's beautiful. But all we did there was read some <laughs> Bill Waterson stuff. But like, <laughs> I feel like some of the best parts of our podcast are when we like curate really great quotes and wisdom from other people because we don't think that we have it, and it seems to be a theme of the podcast. This whole. Um, Anti-consumerism, um, you know, stuff won't make you happy. We talked about that with John Schneck recently about minimalism. Yeah. I mean, that that was back in episode eight. We were we were talking about those those things, and those seem to be, you know, 2016. We were really considering that all the way through. Yeah, it,
0: other people's opinions are a big part of this podcast and how it all relates. I think typically when I think of an episode, I think let's tie all these loose ends together and, to, and try to throw it into, like, Forty-five minutes is something worth listening to because right. I don't know. I have listened to this podcast where people just talk for forty-five minutes about their opinions and right, unless and, and other stuff kind of comes into it, I, I sort of lose interest. So maybe my ADD plays into this this whole thing.
4: Well,
1: I, I think it's it's in the theme of our podcast too to share other viewpoints, you know, and um, you know, just the first episode of our podcast we did an episode called "The Other Side," and it was about looking at other people's viewpoints, people who think differently than us. And so that's a that's a theme that we maintain throughout as well. But we do have sure. episodes where we just argue with each other about stuff, like Bigfoot. <laughs> People love the Bigfoot episode. So. We're a we're a variety show. We do it all. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, let's yeah, let's go to episode ten, the inner troll. Nine months ago, we did this, Nate.
0: It's that inner troll. It's that thing. It's going. You shouldn't be frustrated about this, but you are. <laughs> right, right, right. Ah, right. And it's just laughing at us and. And in this case, it's actually like a little, little tiny guy with long hair, like a real, like a little troll, and it's just <laughs> laughing in your ear. It's your inner but troll. Troll. Sarai came on our podcast, and she shared her personal experiences on episode six, which was the "modest is hottest" podcast.
1: Well, she wrote a blog um, that was uh, basically "don't feed the trolls," even if the troll is you. And it's it's a it's a lot more about the uh, the inner troll, uh, which speaks out whenever you are sharing a piece of you, a piece of your own experience. And uh, she wrote this blog that we shared on our Facebook page. She talks about how she's been on a few podcasts where she shared her own experiences. And uh, she says in her blog that uh, her friend uh, told her some advice that was what I used at the top of the show. You are the only expert in your experience. It's, yeah, it's sort of saying, you know, the inner troll will come out when you're sharing a piece of yourself and say, who are you? You're not good enough. Um, you, you're not an expert. But the truth is you are the only expert in your, uh, your personal experience. And whenever you share that, there will be some negative resistance, right, Nate? Like whenever you're putting yourself out there, you'll feel some sense of,
0: Ooh, I don't know if I'm, my experience is good enough. Or I mean, I'm just thinking about starting this podcast and having to become more okay with putting myself out there. And like she said, you know, like nervous that I'm not an expert. Because, right. I mean, really, I'm I'm just this band guy who makes videos. And, yeah, what and are makes we? Jokes. We're not experts, you know? It's yeah. Like, because we believe that, any
1: sort of comment that we get um, where people are like, oh, this is pop psychology or this is, you know, feigning intellectualism, we go, oh, yeah, they're right. We don't really have much to offer. Yeah, someone creative. wrote that on our iTunes. <laughs> we're not, ex- yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not, and, and they sort of confirm that inner trolls dialogue.
0: Man, that's great to hear after like right before the new year because it's kind of funny we're looking back on some of these episodes that we made in the new year talking about new Year's resolutions from the previous year. And I it's forgot like about those lessons. Yeah, it's
1: like reading your own diary from, yeah. you know, kind of oh wow, I was there once and yeah. you know.
0: There was 3 months when I was this when I was not negative and then right. I forgot. And then I let my and then I let my trolls just start yelling in my head again. You know?
1: Three steps forward, two steps back, and that's the that's the journey of life, I feel. Yeah. There are times when I do wake up with gratitude and those are my best days. And there are times when I wake up and I roll over and I look at my phone and I just wanna argue with the world and those are my <laughs> worst days. <laughs> those are days we should be recording podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I, I uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to hear. The inner troll, and we overcame so much of the inner troll. We, we demolished a lot of our inner troll this year, but it's just a good reminder moving forward into 2017. We can do better, and we will.
0: Oh, yeah. So this next episode is uh, probably one of our most talked about episodes in terms of getting emails and such, and people even after the fact would have said, man, that Mr. Rogers episode got me. I started crying. I started tearing up. Yeah, got me too. But this this episode, we talk about Mr. Rogers and how he was an ultimate troll starver and how he was basically one of the only voices of a generation of kids and said, hey, you're valuable, you're loved, you have worth. We just randomly decided to do an episode on Mr. Rogers, and I think he came out really cool. So here's a clip from episode 11, Mr. Rogers.
1: He was trying to teach people to like themselves. And tell kids that I like you just the way you are. And teach you about how to react and
0: choose feelings. Like, sorting things out that are very important. There's a quote here that kind of sums up all that. Yeah. It's not so much what we have in this life that matters. It's what we do with what we have. The alphabet is fine, but it's what we do with it that matters most. Making words like friend and love, that's what really matters. Just think about how that relates
1: to... A lot of our episodes on talent, it doesn't matter how much talent you necessarily have. It's what you do with your talent. So, so, you know, you would say your inner troll would would pipe in when you say, I want to do that. Would say, eh, you're not talented enough at that. Yeah. You know, you need more talent. But it's not how much you have is what Fred Rogers says here. He says is what Hmm. you do with what you have. And that's the big thing is like, and we were talking about in the Secret to Success episode. What do you do with what you have and how... Much do you do? Like, there's so many people who are amazing guitarists who no one will ever hear because they don't go out and form bands and record music and hustle. Yeah. They've got too much inner troll dominating the airways. Or if
0: they do, it's about playing the guitar and just it's about kind of this like ego thing. It's not, this is my craft. I love to do this. Right.
1: You know, it's the alphabet is fine, but what we do with it is what matters most. Making words like friend and love is what really matters. And that's kind of the whole essence of his thing was to look through the television at kids into their eyes and say,
2: please, won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor? I'm glad we're together again. Very, very
1: important stuff for like childhood development.
0: And this is a good spot to, I think, play the video
2: that he does this. Oh, yeah. It's a very fancy machine. But you're the one who makes it go. Right.
3: Did
2: it take a long time to learn how?
3: No, not really. My first electric wheelchair only took me about a day to learn how to use it.
2: Gee, that's wonderful. Jeff, your mom and dad must be really proud of you.
3: I'm sure they are.
2: Yeah. Well, I know I am. Can you tell my friends what it is that made you need this wheelchair
3: sure well when i was about seven months old i had um tumor and it broke the nerves to tell my hands and legs what to do i see and they tried to cut the tumor but they didn't couldn't get it and i became handicapped and I got a wheelchair when I was four years old.
2: That was your first one
3: mm-hmm.
2: when you were four?
3: Uh-huh.
2: Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, sort of.
2: You must have some mighty good doctors who've been taking care
3: uh-huh. of you. I had surgery earlier this summer cause I have pain in my stomach called adenomic dysreflexia and I Wh- just- What
2: was that
3: word? dysreflexia. I'm not exactly sure what it means,
2: but you sure can say it.
3: Yeah, this just shows you have a lot of things happen to you when you're handicapped most of the time,
2: but and sometimes
3: uh, it happens when you're not handicapped.
2: Of course, but you're able to talk about those things Yeah. so well and help other people uh-huh. who Jeez. might have the <laughs> same kinds of things.
1: You okay. trying to make me cry again? Uh, that's all
0: I ever try to do is make you cry. <laughs>
1: I got a tough exterior, but sometimes I'm driving down the road and I hear something on NPR and my eyes just swell up. But that's just like one of the sweetest moments, I think, on, you know, a
0: live television show. Uh, just Fred singing to a guy. When he says handicapped and he has that like two second, like, I'm handy And it's just that two seconds of pause. It's just like, oh, God. Right. You know, oh, it, uh, yeah. it just makes you realize that you're such a jerk because you're not handicapped all the time and right somebody who is has this attitude that's way better than yours
3: ugh
1: they're they're yeah they've responded to their suffering in a way that's made their soul indelible and more alive and you know we all suffer that's one of the things that we have in this world in common with every other human being is that we suffer and when we see those who suffer greatly and respond to it with that kind of um, spark and hope and, and yeah. life yeah. it's just it's inspiring so
0: yeah and that's Beautiful. why that episode uh, hit your heartstrings, and you you uh, listen to that episode a lot so thank you let's move on to episode 18 where we talk about the rain and the rhinoceros one of our other favorite episodes they already
1: know or whatever
0: but the goal
1: is always to fill the gap and if the goal is to fill the gap it's never filled yeah it doesn't matter who you jam in there when the goal is to be and to embrace the gap, we can, be, we can be filled up in that moment as opposed to filling that gap or that void. So it's pretty insane to think about. We're always thinking about that next thing that's going to fill that void and it never really does because we're not living presently and embracing the moment. So, so Peter Rollins says in his book, what if God is not a bridge to something else, to fulfillment or whatever? What if a truer concept of God does away with the longing to achieve or grow or become or attain. What if God allows us just to be in the moment in pain mm. or in love, you know, where are, where, where fears and striving cease and your ego says, I'm, am I doing enough? And maybe that goes away when you embrace this more contemplative view and you step like into the moment. And that's yeah, the, man, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of like the same themes. Um, the other things are not going to fill the void in our life, yeah. be it be it money or stuff. We're kind of constantly coming back to this concept of just accepting what is. It's okay. And just to, just to lean into the present moment. And that goes along with the minimalism thing and the secret to success and the inner troll. Yeah, we both and-
0: watched that documentary last night. I think I texted you about it and you'd watched it after I I had. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that they lay out, lay out in that movie is that all human beings – are different, but the one thing that kind of unites us all is this longing and this this understanding that there's never enough. Right, and so that's why this episode is is really important, and that's why this whole podcast is probably just uh, the art of now. We could call this podcast the art of now. Um, don't feed the <laughs> trolls. Like it could be that, and you're right. Like every yeah. single episode we do has that same theme, because every single person is walking through New York City right now on their cell phone, just wanting something that they don't have. And very, right. few,
1: very few of us are just here, available. Yeah, looking longingly. And scientists would say that 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 desire within human uh, nature, genetically, was an advantage to grow and organize and do more and get huh. more and and um, become the Survival. dominant species on Earth. But but it's never enough. and at some point you have to go and I think that's what this movement back to minimalism, back to paring down your life and your huh. stuff and and looking at everything and going, what adds value because this is kind of stealing our lives. you know we talked about it in the tech you know social media and technology episodes you know how, how much our our phones are distracting us from the moment and stealing yeah. our joy And it's just it's just cool to look back and go, yeah, wow. We uh, we've been on this journey, and it's it's been reflected, you know, as uh, these stepping stones in in the form of epi- episodes. I would
0: say the minimalism episode is a perfect kind of end to to all that because that's one of those episodes that's still rattling around in my head. And right now, I'm going, okay, I I don't want to be that guy that has a podcast and talks about all this crap but doesn't do any of it. You know, <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> and and I think that's 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 a, that's a troll, right? So we feel like. Man, we had all these episodes, and we're re-listening to them. I bet you're probably cringing at some of the stuff, and I'm cringing at some of the stuff. Like, gosh, right? What the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we? Who are
1: we? Well, I mean, we believe it. Like, it's it has to move from the head to the heart. Yeah, that we have to understand it cognitively in our brains before we can um, reproduce it in our lives, and. And so that is kind of the pathway. And so us talking about, like, you know, we're both kind of verbal processors, which is great. Yeah. We have a podcast for
0: that, but <laughs> we have to talk about these things to really, to really solidify the ideas. I guess that's true. You got to beat them into your brain, and you got to talk about it over and over again, right? And if you right. don't, so in, in in a way, this podcast is just for us. So even if nobody listens, right. you probably would it's still our therapy. Want it. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah. Well and it's
1: and it's great. I mean, I think we've moved, you know, the ball a little bit down the road a little bit, you know, like we've uh we've kind of inched along, you know, by by discussing this this ty- these types of themes on a weekly basis. I think I am more prepared to make those bigger decisions. Um
0: Huh. And well, That's good. Is this podcast getting better or worse? <laughs> <laughs> Episode 19 are we getting better or
1: worse as a society, as humanity? So here's a clip yeah. from episode 19.
0: Okay, I have a good analogy here. And and this brings up my love for baseball. But some say if you look at one baseball game, for example, and you say, is this team good or bad, right? On any given day, if you play baseball, a terrible team can beat a great team. So what I think humans do is we zoom into this baseball game of life. We look at one day one situation right one thing and we go see america sucks man look right. this guy walked in on this college campus and blew everyone away well the, of course like-
1: if you're if, if you're living in 1944 and the entire world is at war to try to stop hitler you know and uh, the japanese emperor of course you think it's getting worse because you have yeah. this frame of like 10 years where everything got worse But it's super arguable that after World War II, everything got a lot better. So when you have this Richard Rohr, we always quote him, but he always talks about having a deep time perspective, the timeline of humanity on the whole spectrum we're like yeah. the fingernail. Humans have been around for the fingernail of, of time. Yeah. We see even smaller than that. We see just a sure. fragment of that.
0: We just see our own lives. That's all we see. We don't see that like- Baseball season is a long damn time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? you're just seeing one it's game. It's like 165 games. Right. And you, if you pull back, if you zoom out and you look at the huge arc of morality, it's bending in a certain direction. Some people zoom in and say- right. No, but it's this way. And some people will zoom out and go. Nah, well, some people well, will go back and say, 50 fine. years ago it
1: was better, or hundred years ago it was better." And that's conservatism. It's saying we need to go back to our roots. And I have a problem with that. When people say we need to go back to the roots when America was a Christian yeah, nation, that's good. We came in, we, we came out with an opinion on that one, and we kind of said, "No, it's not getting
0: worse." You still think that, Nate? Oh yeah, I definitely do. I think I think um, it, it's good to think of life like when you when I was thinking about life as a baseball season and and you were saying richard Rohr says it's you know we're like the humanity is like the fingernail of time in the world and it makes it me feel like human you are and nice I's life right we're the same age roughly right And we're probably going to be around the same amount of years roughly and it's like the seventh inning stretch of one season that's our life right 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 and in, in terms of humanity is is one long baseball season right um it's a seventh-inning stretch. What are you going to do with that seventh-inning stretch? It's going to matter. It's going to make it happen. And if you zoom out just on that seventh-inning stretch, man, man, my knees hurt. My back hurts. This, this life blows. <laughs> Humanity sucks. It's going downhill. It's like, you know what I mean? Or we're losing this game. I don't know. I think it's just you have to zoom out and go, look at, look right. at all the accomplishments. Look what we're going. So, yeah, I, I think you and I have had enough life experience to realize and we read enough to realize – there is so much good that, that goes under well, scatters. and we have such a
1: propensity for negativity. And, you know, we talk about it in the inner troll. It's our nature to go straight to the negative, negative. and whether or not the world is getting better or worse is not really. It's you know that you could argue that to your blue in the face one way or the other, but my life is better when I do away with the negativity. When I don't think we're all going to hell in a handbasket, I can actually go yeah. out and do good work. Now, if yeah. it's all gonna burn, anyways, then why would I care? That's such a game changer, right there. That's a huge game changer, and that's all—that's his own podcast. Yeah, you know? well, it's you got to have hope, and you got—you got to believe,
0: man. Is your theology one of hope, or one of the world's gonna burn? And how does that affect your daily life? Oh, it's just—it's just, just day to day, and—and that's the thing. It's like I don't
1: care what you believe, but how's it working for you? Is it useful? Yeah. Is it—is it useful? in your life? Is it helpful? Yeah. I just read this thing from uh, Thomas Merton. It was like a tweet. I followed like a, tw- a Twitter account uh, back to Rain and the Rhino. But uh, where awesome. he says, a faith that is afraid of people is no faith at all. And I just think wow. that's so true. We, in order to function and be positive and, and um, helpful people in the world, in order to bring love to the people around us, you can't think that everything is doomed. You just can't be the end is nigh guy. That guy is so
0: stressed out. <laughs> when I was thinking, about, I'm thinking back to what John Schneck said, and he said, you know, like, uh, what adds value to your life? And if the things you believe do not add value to your life, hmm. as sooner or later, you know what I mean? You've got to abandon those things. And I right. having a very negative uh, sort of outlook on a lot of, I guess, if you're raised in like a strict Baptist church, you're going to get a lot of good stuff, but you're also going to get a lot of that like, turn or burn stuff. Right. And no matter how much—you you go to another church. Say you go to a different church and they don't preach that. It still sticks with you. You right. still you still hear it, and you still see it in news headlines, and you still, still still see people attacking other people online or on Facebook with that stuff. So it it still affects you. And my whole thing is like— if it doesn't add value at some point, you've just got to walk away from that. You got to say, I got to get a different theology because this is ruining my life, right? This can't be the gospel. It's right. ruining my life. And I'm one of those people where that that stuff stuck with me. Oh, it didn't ruin you, you can ruin es- a lot of
1: my life you well, you can't escape um you know, there's the good and the bad of any any upbringing or any way that you're you're raised. Uh, you're taught things, and you you are made to agree with them and uh and yeah. at some point you yeah. have to go. I'm agreeing with this, but is this thing adding value? This agreement I've made, and uh, and then if it doesn't, I think it's totally reasonable to say I disagree. <laughs> so yeah. I guess we're sticking to our guns on that one. We are getting even better. if we don't even, even if, if we don't it's believe not it, even if it's not it, true. It should be something you believe. Even yeah. if it's not true, we're gonna th- we're gonna believe it because it's helpful. You
3: should. <laughs> you
1: gotta, sometimes you just gotta
0: like tell yourself.
1: Right. It's good, even when it's not. Speaking of a guy who believes. That the world can do a better job and, and that things can get better. We spoke with Chris Hoke in episode 22, episode we called Prison Kinship, we're, we're really because right there is, um, Chris is a friend of a people of really in jail and uh, wrote a book uh, um, and uh, shared a lot of awesome insights um, about his life and his practice and his convictions. And so we'll play a clip from episode 22.
5: Have you guys heard about restorative justice? No. No. All right, so this has been a lot of marginal practices and academics talk about it, but now it's it's really gaining momentum. There's a really multidisciplinary um, movement building in America that is aware that mass incarceration is one of the biggest problems of our time other than uh, climate change. And, um, and there's 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 a lot of traction here. So restorative justice is a whole different philosophy of what justice is. As opposed to what we have now, which is retributive justice. I don't, I don't have like, the main bullet points in front of me, but, but essentially re- retributive justice says, what's, what was the crime? What was the law that was broken? Were they guilty or innocent? And then how do we, how do we sentence them? Punish them.
1: Yeah, penal atonement. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. And restorative justice says, who, who, was, who was affected by this? Yeah. Now, what law was broken? So in the the current penal system, the victims are really not taken seriously. I mean, they're used as props for a tough-on crime, but they're really not part of the process. Um, And it's more seen as what law is broken versus restorative justice as who is harmed and what needs to happen to make this right. Hmm. Um, And it's much more vulnerable. It's much more community-oriented. And it actually fosters repentance because people see what they did. Um, Few people feel bad for breaking the law. And I think anyone who's sped knows exactly what I'm talking about uh, on the freeway. Like, we just don't want to get caught. But no one feels a true sense of repentance. Like, oh, damn. I went five miles over. I really want to check my heart today. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) How's your walk, bro? (laughs) If anyone hammered on you for driving over the speed limit and started telling you how bad you were, you'd really harden your heart. You'd get cynical.
0: It sounds like the current system is a very lose lose situation. Like, even if you win your case or whatever, you still lose because they're out of your sight, you're out of their sight. Nobody, you know, it's just maybe you get some money or something, but yet you're still harboring this anger and pain the rest of your life. And they are rotting in prison, regretting that mistake over and over and over. And then if they do get out, chances are they're so warped uh it can happen again i mean it just yeah. sounds like it just sounds like yeah you're right we do need a better system in place to actually help people you know if someone commits a crime against you and you don't have to do anything but sit in a wall all day long and think about it i mean who wins i mean who really wins in that scenario i mean so so the restorative justice like what what do they propose people do
5: there there's different models there's like the civil model um uh, there's you know lower level juvenile and misdemeanor courts felony courts there's um so it's it's not a simple matter but it's a different if it's a different philosophy and when you get social workers therapists mediators coming together with victims and offenders and judges and looking at how how is this made right it could be years of work um mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's actually in the long run cheaper than housing someone in the highest-paid daycare facility that the world has ever known. Right. Um, the, the, the the prison
0: society. Is- you know what I like about that is it's not easy. There's no easy answer. Right. Right. It's work and work year in year out, day in day out, to try
1: to yeah to try to and he does that work. I'm just so appreciative of his conviction in his life because that's we need more people like Chris Hoke. You know, we just
0: do. And I would say that to go back to what we were saying before this the restorative justice is a lot like what we were saying like what adds value um, at some point we have this retributive justice idea of god and sure. it comes through a lot of our upbringing and then one day someone says well, what if what if that's not what jesus did at all right <laughs> right and it, it, what if it was something totally different than what you've been told it was right and you go I, am i allowed to even think there's another option right Like, oh, maybe it was restorative what Jesus was doing. It wasn't retributive. Or maybe it's was Oh, my God! Yeah, who knows?
1: Yeah, like, the mystery, everyone's... That's the thing. I think people people get divisive about theology. And I get in some debates, too, because I grew up with a pretty heavy theology background. And, you know, I went to church three times a week. And, you know, I knew my King James Bible and all that. People get so offended when you suggest um, a different perspective and I think it's important for us to agree that we're all looking at the same mystery but just a different viewpoint and as Rohr says every viewpoint is simply a view from a point so if the thing is 360 (laughs) degrees you're looking at one angle and maybe that is a valid angle but you shouldn't be so afraid to look at other angles I mean everyone's so afraid of apostasy and heresy and whatever because we're taught to fear you know we're taught to fear things we're taught to fear our brains and it's it's not it's not scary to think about things two different ways trying to understand whatever this is this life this mystery the gospel whatever you're trying to understand it's important to keep an open mind and to and to be okay with uh with things changing and we've seen just in the justice system how bad retributive justice works at actually yeah. rehabilitating and and keeping and and making their, making less crime. All we're doing is locking
0: people up. I love what he says. He says, like, very few people feel bad, but there's actual, like, repentance when people not tricked into right. repentance, but when they're actually shown, like, man, these are the people you harmed. What are you going to do about it? And they right. have to sit there and do something about it, or they have to work in the community that they harmed right. and get to know those people. And, yeah, the highest paid daycare facility isn't working. And I think Our generation, I'm gonna go on a limb here, telling people they're gonna burn in hell forever isn't working either. Because that's what it feels like. It feels like you're stuck in prison forever if you don't think this one thing. Right. I just I think I think humanity is just going, really? Does that that's what we're gonna do to get people to love people? Sure,
1: sure. And I know people (laughs) believe in, you know, believe in penal substitutionary atonement. There's nothing wrong with that. But I would ask is, is is the focus of that um, helpful in your life in that yeah. Are you focused on the grace aspect of that more so? Or the love aspect of that more so than the judgment aspect? Is it possible? That's my
0: that's well, my argument. It,
1: I think it is possible. I mean I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm saying there's there's viewpoints where people can Sure. You know, there sure. are people like like Chris even said, it's the it's the conservative evangelicals who are the ones going going into the prison. And extending grace to these you know, inmates, and yeah, and reading sure. reading to them, and and giving therapy. So these people do believe. Uh, often, many of them in the in in the punishment of God, you know, the wrath of God poured out on Jesus. But they're focused on the love of Jesus more so than that, because I think when you focus on the wrath and the judgment for sin. You look at people in prison and you go, they got what they deserved. Yeah, and, exactly. And and you harden your heart. And so I don't really care. I honestly don't care what you believe. But you have to focus on love, grace,
0: mercy. Those things are the things that, that should be salient. I think it's just so much more powerful when the story comes out that the prisoner who committed the crime goes to the family on his own and right. makes it right. Because something changed, something happened. And that family then goes, oh, and they've... There's so many stories like that where people have become friends. Yeah, they're like
1: friends with
0: the guy. Yeah. That's the... I mean, that is the gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus. That is it. I'm just in the middle of this life realizing that I have this... I have this epiphany of what I do now believe. I think I believe, right? Right. But now is the long middle where... Richard Rohr would say something like, now you got to do something. There's a (laughs) lot of churches that just like to to remind themselves of like three or four verses over and over again every Sunday. Right. And then you find some people that are like, okay, we're going to take those verses and we're going to do something about it. Right. And this episode, episode 23, the long middle is like, damn, it sucks when you have to just chug through the doing when you don't want to do the doing. Right? Right. Right. Yeah, it's about surviving in that long,
1: slow middle that happens when we start a podcast.
0: This has gotten all oddly spiritual. (laughs) I
1: don't know why. Well, you know, Christmas season, I think, sort of triggered a lot of things for us. But this is, uh, you know, I think we're mostly talking about doing the creative work that we feel like we need to do in this episode. And, you know, it's fun to start. It's fun to finish. It is not fun to float and and be adrift in the middle. So let's play a clip. People but if you're though. not getting
4: if you don't get other people involved, you're in trouble because it'll just be you. Right. I mean the th- so the hardest don't. thing for me to do is my podcast break it down because it is just me. Yeah. So you need so, you need that help. Yeah, like when I look at BC music, I think to myself all the time, Oh shit, this thing's running and I don't know if I've helped in the in the last ten days. Is everybody gonna be mad at me? Is everything okay? <laughs> and that's what I you know, that's real. Like people depend on me, people count on me, you know. So that's really is something. And then if, if it just by myself, it's like, okay, no big deal. I can I can drop. So and, and having other people depend on you and speak into it and be complimentary of like have complimentary skills is very, right. very important. Yeah.
1: Well, a lot of people are pretty
0: scarce about inviting people into their
1: story or into
0: their journey. Or... This is a very simple message. that It's something that stuck with me. And I, I would say if you could put like one silly bullet point of something you learned in 2016 – Matt Carter nailed it on the head in this episode. He said, you know, get other people involved in your projects. The reason we're still podcasting is because we have each other. If either of you started our individual podcast, it would have. Probably
1: had four episodes. I would have stopped a long time ago. I, I honestly would. Yeah. And there's time. There's ups and downs. There's times where you are feeling down and I got to motivate you. And there's times where I'm feeling stressed or busy and you got to motivate me. Like when I was in the studio and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And you're like, oh, well, we'll talk about the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah. have people in, in your corner that can carry you when you're out of breath. And. uh oh. And, yeah. and that's exactly what we have. And I'm, I'm glad that I didn't go this alone. I'm glad I have you and I'm glad I have your expertise and your, you know, your, your uh producing skills and your ideas. And, like, I don't know if you guys know this. All the really, like, emotional, like, episodes that make you cry, those just come straight out of Nate's brain. Like, uh, and I I've learned to get out of the way. I don't try to edit that. You know, when Nate has an idea, I go sure even though i'm like how how are we gonna tackle that you know? <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i don't know how this is gonna work and then Nate will like spew like 15 pages of notes and i'll be like you know what i'll just be i'll just play support on this one <laughs> yeah you but do really
0: well at that it's you about
1: really well yeah that. it's it's about comp- complementarianism i guess um well thanks man
0: i mean i appreciate that yeah i I tend to see very big picture. So sometimes it's hard for you, I think, when I'm like, this is what the episode is going to be about, and I kind of know where it's going to go. And you're like, I don't know. I I, I see some notes here, but I'm not sure what we're going to talk about.
1: uh, (laughs) I I can't follow your notes. I'm just like, you know what? I'll just wing it. I'll be here for you. I'll ask you questions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're good at that, though. You're a really good wingman when I'm, I'm I'm sort of on a mission, but I'm not really sure where the destination is. Well, yeah, um, and the
1: point of that was, you know, do, do things with people. Um, don't, don't go it alone because it's very, very hard, you know, when you get in that long middle and you, you don't know what you're doing because that will eventually happen. It's inevitable for every person
0: in a project. So if you want to start a project this year in 2017 and you've got yourself a New Year's resolution, don't do it alone. Don't do get it alone. No fail. Get people in your corner. Get Even people. if the result is something that's individual, like losing weight... Right, don't do it alone. Right, you know what I mean.
1: Get your accountability partner.
0: <laughs> no, no did not even begin. You church boy, you. But uh, sometimes, sometimes you don't have anybody, and that's sad. And that's what this next episode's about: is sometimes losing the people that who are in your corner, your family. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: We had the best guest for that, Tyson Motzenbacher, who is a musician, singer, songwriter, basically made an album that kind of uh, embodied the, the struggle of uh, losing his mother, and he shares that with us on episode 25, Grief and Loss. At all?
4: Um, I think that like the one thing about me that I do know is I do, I do avoid grief, but when I feel grief... I feel it pretty hard. Like when I let myself do it and maybe that's one of the reasons why it's like when I do feel it, I feel it really hard and I'm going to, you know, like when I was in college and my girlfriend broke up with me and started dating some other guy, I would like, I would like skateboard down these monster Hills barefoot just because it was the only thing that could like make me feel better. Was that like the, the idea that I could basically just like not have any more feet.
3: <laughs> it was like
4: <laughs> the only thing that could make me feel better at the, in that moment. And so, like, I think that my plan of walking was basically just a reckless desire to hopefully feel horrible. Hmm. I think that was kind of my plan was like, if I feel horrible, I won't feel as horrible. I think that's what therapy is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, To exactly yeah exactly um it's it maybe a little bit more i actually, this was therapy, but I didn't realize why you know
0: what's well, interesting is we like to feel sad we we go to we pay money and go sit in theaters and watch sad films. It's
4: a disconnected yeah. sad, yeah, but it's
1: it's definitely an uh, there's an appeal to the emotion, especially when it's not our own grief. We can kind of temporarily be a tourist into some other character's grief,
4: but you know, in our in our minds, everything is sort of organized in in boxes or categories. The, oh, this is probably wrong, but this is the way that I understand it in times of grief basically all those shelves just get rattled and all the boxes fall down you have a hard time navigating through any kind of meaning because there's boxes on the floor and so what I would do is every morning I would kind of go to the corner of my brain or whatever where I kept mom and I would find these boxes on the floor and I would kind of pick them up and I would look in the box and I would sort of study it and I would know what was in that box now and then I would pick it up and put it back on the shelf so like the first, I remember the first morning, the thing that I did was, um, the first thought that I had was, hey, your mom's never going to be at your wedding. I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. I always thought that that would happen, but it's not going to happen. You know, I would sort of walk along and I'd be like, okay, so this won't happen. Like, I won't do the first dance with her. Okay. Um, she won't be there at my rehearsal dinner. Okay. So it was like all this one little category of my life which is a stepping stone that i had not yet reached that she would miss and i took all of those different things in that box and i looked at them and i picked them up and i was like okay that's lame that's that makes me feel sad that that won't happen and then i took that box and i put it back on the shelf and at least now like when i'm at a wedding for instance i have already seen the the box i've already sort of seen how that is going to translate for me and how that's sad and basically every morning I would wake up really early and I would just pick a box and I would sort through it um, and I would make myself look at it. Like I would make myself really look at it um, and not pass over it, but just like hold it, hold the hot iron against my skin until I understood what it meant. And then uh, the cars would start coming and I would just kind of look at my feet and try to get through it (laughs) at that point. (laughs) That was, I mean, that was a powerful episode for me yeah
1: uh just i think I, I, yeah. like just dealing like the whole thing that facing facing that inner grief it's just it's such a perfect part of our theme of the inner troll of self-awareness be, of self-awareness of, of
0: living in the now i li- i like how you say therapy because i feel like so many people don't Go to therapy. They don't get help because they go, no, it's not my problem. It's your problem, right? Like I have so many friends who call me. Like they just talk about their parents and they, you know, and they talk about how they. I've got some friends who are in their mid thirties and their dads have never said I, I'm wrong, about <laughs> something. Yeah, and, and, and we all we all have those those trolls in us. But it's like when Tyson says, I have forced myself to pick up these boxes of things that are just really shitty and maybe that box is different for everybody listening to this podcast i mean obviously it is
1: and experiencing grief like he he now has power
0: over that grief
1: because he he faced it head on as opposed to like he said if I, i was at a wedding and i hadn't gone through that that wedding box where my mom was gonna miss my own wedding if i was at a friend's wedding i could be struck with that grief in the moment and totally lose totally lose it I wouldn't be able to enjoy the moment of my friend huh. I wouldn't be able to enjoy that wedding but because I went yeah. through that box and I fought all those trolls <laughs> all that grief troll you know yeah, uh, yeah, that now now I've defeated them and now I can be at the wedding and go oh yeah I mean I'm reminded that I went through that grief but I don't have to relive it because I've already the, the thing is when you put something off it'll yeah. manifest as a poltergeist in your life it'll be
0: a ghost that haunts you so face it head on you know it's funny there was this moment in my life where i just wanted a richer fuller better life and i realized that you know 20 maybe i was 26 or something when this happened and i was like i'm 26 years old 27 years old i think it was dan Koch that said something to me that kind of triggered it and he was on our uh self-awareness episode um but it was just like i'm fighting this imaginary battle with everybody and i'm losing every single time you Mm -hmm. know like me not wanting to go get therapy, for example. Right. Uh, I'm o- I'm only losing in that scenario. I'm losing friendships because I refuse to get help. Right. I'm losing connection with my wife or my kids or whoever. I mean, I think Tyson is able to have a better experience and have a more rich and full life from this point on because he's dealt with the demons. Yeah. That, that don't feed the trolls. You just... Sometimes you have to not just feed them you have to sit down with them have a conversation yeah. with them so have tea why have, is that hard
1: to do have tea with your trolls uh yeah that's i mean that's a great clip to end with i think um and you know starting with starting with this new year 2017 is coming and what sort of trolls are we going to face how are we going to face our our ghosts head on um what are your
0: new year's resolutions nate you can go first i'm basically apply all the shit we're talking about to my life but um the minimalism thing yeah uh is a big part of all of this right because i try to do so much i try to accomplish so much try to be so much and tweet so much and man i feel like we could do a whole podcast on minimalism
1: well, we did um, with
0: Schneck, but I think you know what I would like
1: to do because I'm on board with minimalism. Uh, Christy and I were—we just bought an RV. We're gonna move, you know, our family of five into it and travel this summer, and uh, move out to awesome. Nova Scotia. We can talk more about that on another episode. But, um, but the
3: whole my yeah. whole
1: thing is like I have to pare down everything in my house, everything in my studio, and get ready f- to to live in a tiny home on wheels, essentially. And minimalism is just that whole concept and that movement right now. It's just come along at the perfect time for Christy and I. We watched that minimalism documentary on uh, Netflix last night, and we were just, you know, it took us like three hours because we keep pausing and talking about how this is awesome. this is awesome, and we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be so good, and this is so inspiring right now. And we're thinking of things we can get rid of, and just the freedom that comes along with just even thinking about that. Um, also I'm, I want to live with my phone on, uh, silent, do not disturb at least. I'm not going to get rid of my phone huh. or anything, but then I have control over when I check my phone as opposed to someone being able to distract me with a text or a call or a tweet or what yeah. whatever. Yeah.
0: But there's a lot of, but there's a lot of stuff, you know, new year's resolutions are always sort of hokey and weird. But I think that listening back to all these episodes, it, ma- it makes me realize that like, um, starting a podcast is like one long New Year's resolution to continually <laughs> put into practice. These things you're talking about. Yeah. And, 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 and don't give up, get somebody, get somebody on your team. Yeah. Get and some patrons
1: uh, who are pledging $523 per month of support to your podcast. And you will feel so guilty if you don't give them a weekly episode and at least exactly. <laughs> bonus content. So really as the year ends, thank you for your support on Patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls Our patrons, you really make this show possible. And I don't just mean financially You know, taking care of hosting and, and the costs of, of distributing the show. I mean, you make us get out of bed in the morning and think about what our next topic will be. In some small way, if you've pledged a dollar a month, you have made our lives, uh, our internal lives, better. And so we thank
0: you guys uh, so much Honestly, for your support this year. Honestly, you motivate us to keep going. And if you want to get involved in our podcast this New Year's and support some media... We love your support of our show so we can double down our own efforts and continue another year of not feeding the trolls.
1: You can always email us at don'temailthetrolls at gmail.com through our contact form at trollspodcast.com and at Twitter, uh, we tweet, Nate tweets, he's got some good tweets, at trollspod, Instagram at trollspodcast. Thank you guys for a wonderful 2016. We love you and we can't wait to keep going. Yeah.